0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by taking a shit with the door open. That way everyone knows you had Pizza Hut for breakfast again. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits the podcast, the only podcast that was able to make a speech. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about our favorite monologues in films. Those Those nice little juicy little dialogues that really gives you the goosebumps when you're when you're listening and watching yeah um and this was actually i want to say almost one of the easiest ones that i've had to like come up with like what i want
1: this was one of the more difficult ones for me (laughs) yeah because well there's so many incredible speeches well yeah um, and I also, because in true fashion of me being me, yeah. I didn't want to pick like generic ones, of ones course. that are typical. I wanted to go more deep cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got I got a few that, you know, that are probably a little bit more traditional. I only, I was, I have technically, I have five, but okay. I get, I'm going to be, I'm going to roll my eyes a little bit at myself mm-hmm. because I'll just start off, yeah. I guess. With my number five pick, and mm-hmm. it's again, it, may, it makes me roll my eyes because we j- literally just did it. But the speech in the great di- in well, the great yeah. dictator yeah, is I, incredible. I kind of
0: figured so because like it is such a really good monologue. It's so good.
1: Mm-hmm. He, I mean, when he's when he's looking directly into the camera, yeah, and he's just looking at us in the eye, and he's literally speaking to the entire world, mm-hmm. and it's the thing about it is that it's simple. It's not complicated. It isn't anything that we don't already know, but it's it's so powerful in its simplicity. He's just telling you, like, people are inherently good mm-hmm. and we need to kind of show that to yeah, the world. Just and, be good people. <laughs> yeah. And, like, again, that's kind of the theme of the film is, like, being evil is kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> being evil is evil and being good is good. Like that's pretty much what the movie is about. <laughs> yeah. And this move and, and that speech kind of just hammer hammers it home. But I mean, he says it was with, with such conviction and he's looking, I mean, again, he's looking you right in the eye when he's saying it. And he's addressing literally the entire world, mm-hmm. all of, all of America. And, you know, when the movie gets expanded and, and goes everywhere, he's, he's, he's talking to everybody and it's just, it's such a powerful speech. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it gives you it gives you goosebumps every time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it doesn't. That's you know?
0: that's literally like the factor that I'm looking for is like that goosebumps. Yeah, factor.
1: and that's kind of one of those things mm-hmm. where you know the uh, you know a saying that I like to that I like to say is uh you know that speech alone is worth price of admission mm-hmm. for me. Like that speech alone, that five minutes yeah. is worth is worth everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's in my opinion, it's a very, it's a very good movie. On top of that, but that speech is amazing.
0: Yeah. All right. First one for me. Uh, not as quite as like impactful of the world itself, but like just one that I always think about, like where you know that that was actually like probably same thing, like the better portion of the film. And this was um, the original Blade Runner when at the end Roy's speech yeah of tears in the rain it's like like yes the movie is like we watched it it's fucking weird like i don't like it i, I don't, don't like understand it this it's just so, in frank hates blade <laughs> runner it's so weird because it's like i think i like it because i haven't seen it but if i watch it i think i'll hate it it's, again it's
1: one of those movies where yeah it's kind of like when you think about it you're like mm. it's pretty good yeah and then you sit down and you watch it and you're like why am i watching this one man in his mansion with his toys yes. for 40 minutes like An origami <laughs> it's just
0: yeah i, I don't know but, but the speech is good but yes like so like the the thing leading up to it very weird like fight scene it doesn't seem like they really want to fight each other of roy and decker um and then they get up to the rooftop scene and decker is like hanging off and roy saves him and he literally brings him up and he's like you know, you would not believe the things that I've witnessed in my lifetime. Like, all of these items, all of these things mean nothing, just, like, tears in the rain. And then, weird, because he's, like, time to die. Right. <laughs> and then he just dies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that kind of, like, ruined it slightly. But, like, everything beforehand, like, that speech of literally acknowledging the fact that, like, you know, we are essentially nothing. Like, we're one... Speck a of little dust tiny speck. in the universe that is a desert. A billion other specks. Yes. Yeah. But it was just really cool. It
1: is. It's it's a good speech. Yeah. It's an okay movie. I think it's okay. I think I like it. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't want to watch it again. Um. Okay. So this this next one for me is one that has always sat with me from the day that I saw it in theaters with my dad in Florida in IMAX. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh. And and again as i've grown as i've grown older i've grown colder towards <laughs> the film mm-hmm. but the interrogation scene in the dark knight with the joker mm, yeah is one of my favorite kind of long pieces of dialogue hands down yeah uh when he's t- batman walks into the interrogation scene and He's sitting there and the Joker's got, you know, the light turns on mm-hmm. and then he smashes his yep. head and he's like, don't Never do start that. with the victim's head. It yeah. he gets all fuzzy. Uh, and then he just goes on and on and he's telling him how, you know, that these people, they're they're, you know, they're going to eat each other alive, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it's just such an incredible speech. And then I mean, it, and then it turns into. An even more powerful one when Batman slams him onto the table yep. and locks them in- into it. So like you have Gordon running around, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to break in and they can't. And he's just beating the shit out of him. And he's just laughing in Batman's face. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to him that you have nothing to threaten me yeah. with. No amount of energy that you exert on me is going to change anything. Yeah. And I am not scared of you. It's it's a moment, I think, of realization for Batman in that film of this is a different kind of criminal, mm-hmm. which he says. Yeah. I'm a different kind, right? And and you realize that the Joker is truly insane f- just for being insane. Yeah, just for like, the sake of it. Yeah, like he doesn't care about money. He's mm-hmm. not trying to do anything other than cause Anarchy. chaos yeah. <laughs> and like it's so good mm-hmm. uh it's one of my favorite scenes of all time um and i think it, it, yeah it's just it's an incredible speech and and uh i sometimes i'll just it'll be like 11 at 11 p.m mm-hmm. and i'll just like go on <laughs> just my go phone watch and, and just watch it because mm-hmm. i'm like it's so good
0: i know i i do like there are times where it's like i really like think about that trilogy and i really wish that like It was
1: better? (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, yes. Like, the first one with Scarecrow and... and, First um, one's pretty good. Ra's al Ghul is okay. Um, But I wish they just flopped the next two over. Like, I really wish the second movie was with Bane. And then it was building up to Joker. Mm. Because Joker is, like, the be-all, end-all. And, like, yes, comic book nerd, like, Bane is the one that breaks the bat's back. And then he has to go through all this bullshit to, like, get back and, like, take revenge. But it's, like...
1: It could have been cool, though, to have, like, an older, beat-up Batman yes, who's, like, broken then try to fight a man who's just got no real agenda other yeah. than to fucking just cause chaos. Exactly. Instead of Batman being in his prime.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. then it's, like, just do the Dark Knight Returns, but then it's, like, like they they kind of did a little bit of that with, like, the Ben Affleck stuff, and then yeah. that was shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get it. Um... Next one for me. I'm going to keep it in the comic book realm. Um, So my next one, I don't think you ever saw it, but uh, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Um, The speech of Ultron is, like, one of my favorites to come out of, like, Marvel. And it is literally... So first off, voiced by James Spader. So already beautiful because he's got that sultry voice to him. Yeah, And it is literally when all the avengers are like hanging out they're trying to do like this stupid thing of like see who can lift like thor's hammer oh i've like, i've seen the scene yeah. yeah and then like captain america like li- like it nudges slightly and he's like what the fuck yeah yeah um and then you get this like kind of like broken up beat up robot that like waltzes in and then talks about how like you know the avengers were supposed to be the ones to protect and save everybody but they're just causing more problems in the world. Mm -hmm. And then you have it where it's like, like Tony Stark is trying to build like this, basically like uh, Iron Man suits that just go out and like are controlled by him to like go and protect the world. So they don't have to.
1: Oh, and like there's nobody in the suits. They just go. Yeah, exactly. And
0: then Ultron is like this artificial intelligence that has realized that like humans are the problems. And it's this really cool speech of like him going on this monologue about like how the world needs to evolve and you need to go past this point so then things can get better. And then it ends with I used to have strings. I have no more strings on me. And then it lights up to like thousands of them, like just becoming like uh, awake. And it's like ah oh, ah he's awake now, <laughs> but it was cool too because it was also like a little nod to like a Pinocchio thing, right? Yeah, there's no cool. more strings yeah. on me. Right, mm.
1: that is cool. I like that it's, one. It's rare that you'll uh, you get a nice chunk of dialogue out of a Marvel movie. I know they're not really, every every now and they're again. not really known for the best dialogue. No. <laughs>
0: every now and again, though, you get something.
1: Yeah. All right. So my next one is a small one,
0: mm-hmm. uh, and it's. It's a
1: little cheesy, I'll be completely honest, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen... So this was Sylvester Stallone kind of coming off of the hype of all of the Rocky movies, and then he made whatever one he made, and like it wasn't very successful, and he kind of wasn't really doing much. And then in 2006, he released Rocky Balboa, Yeah, and it was kind of like the comeback, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a ridiculous movie. It doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. really uh but there is a scene that he has with his son mm-hmm. and he's I don't, have you ever seen this movie no so he's walking the streets with his son and his son who is just i don't know who the actor is but he's not very good mm-hmm. uh is just kind of complaining to his dad about like i i want to be my own man and everything that i've ever gotten in my life is because of you every time they look at me they they, they see you mm-hmm. the job that i've gotten the career the money everything is because i'm your son i want to be my own independent person and he just like turns and he looks at him and he's like you know When you were first born, you used to be able to fit like in the palm of my hand right here. And then he just kind of goes on about how the world is unfair and how it doesn't matter how many times you, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how many times you can hit or get hit. What matters is how many times you can get back up. Mm -hmm. And it's simple, but it's, it's poignant, right? It Mm -hmm. make it's completely just about like. You know, being, you know, adverse to to struggles and being willing, like, how many times are you willing to pick yourself back up, um, even though everybody is telling you to, like, stay down? Yeah. And, again, it's simple, and there's other speeches that are probably better at saying it, but... I don't know, man. I got a soft spot for Stallone and Mm -hmm. he's got his fucking like, you know, his, 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 uh, his kind of signature face that he's, Mm -hmm. he's talking out of like one half of his mouth and he's like, (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's iconic. Uh, I would recommend actually that movie too. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, you see him run up those stairs again. And you're yeah. like, come on, you can't help. It. You can't, <laughs> you can't, help can't make up those stairs. You can't, ma- you can't help but smile when, mm-hmm. when you see him going up there. I like that, that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, really great, it's a really great speech. And it's, you know, maybe two minutes long. But, uh, you know, he goes on, he goes in on his son about, like, doesn't matter how many times you can get him. It matters how many times you get back up. And it's just, it's classic.
0: All right, cool. Um, next one for me. Uh, I feel like I've talked about this one. A decent amount when it comes to like speeches and monologues and like everything like that and those terms. But um, uh, Derek Bateman's opening speech in American Psycho when he is the the transformation. Sorry, what did you call
1: him, Derek Bateman? That's just or not Patrick, his name. Bateman. I'm <laughs> Patrick Bateman. Sorry, Patrick Bateman. the fuck is Derek? Ba- oh, Derek
0: Bateman used to be a wrestler. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Um, (laughs) Ah, the the WWE
1: comes out. It it usually makes its way into one or two episodes. (laughs) Every now and again.
0: It's the first one of the new year. We had to do it. Um, Patrick Patrick Bateman. Bateman, Yes. So, Patrick Bateman's, like, opening speech has, like, this really cool, like, Evan flow to it that I like, where it's, like, it starts out so much of just him talking about, like, his morning routine and, like, how he gets ready and, like... You know, kind of getting a little bit, like, egotistical about, like, you know, how many sit-ups he can do and everything like that. And then, like, him going into the shower and, like, what he puts on for his face and everything. And then it slowly starts to, like, morph into, like, how he talks about the corporate side of America and how, like, people are, like, disgusting and how people will, like, just, like, he he's just not with everything that's going on in this world. Like, he can't connect to he's anybody. Not with it. Yeah, he's not with <laughs> it. He can't connect to anybody. He can't, like, emotionally be attached to somebody. And it's, like, this opening scene that, like, forms him as possibly a serial killer. Right. We don't know yet. But then it ends with that line of... I am simply not there yeah. as he's peeling off that face mask. Yeah. I think and what, it's just so perfect.
1: I think what elevates that speech is watching him do his routine. Yeah. And like him working out mm-hmm. and him just looking super muscular and jacked and, you know, doing this whole thing. Um, it's a very good speech. It's a really good opening, good opening. Uh, like uh, it's a really good tone setter yeah. for the film for sure.
0: And I still cannot for the life of me believe that like, People were telling Christian Bale that, like, this was going to be, like, the movie that spirals his career.
1: Yeah, they thought that it was going to, like, ruin him. Yeah. And he was like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He was like, fuck it. I'll do it. I don't care. Um, Okay. The next one for me is one that every time I watch it, it makes me laugh. It brings a smile to my face. Everything about it is just so good. And that is the swab dog. In the lighthouse, Robert Eggers, Mm. the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Willem Dafoe is like, he looks like he's four foot eleven in that movie. He's Robert Pattinson is like towering over him.
0: He's got like that hobble to him too,
1: and he's and he's walking in and he's and he and he's telling him to like clean the floor. the 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 floors are messy, and Robert Pattinson is just like, I've I've fucking I I I swept them twice Mm. over. They're not like stop you know stop hounding me and the look on Willem Dafoe's face
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he's when when old starts or when young, I guess, yeah. starts like talking back to him a little bit and how he just goes on this ramble mm-hmm. about if I t- if I want you to um like peel up every single nail and and you know shine them perfectly and then and then put them all back down again and then and then rip them up and do it all yeah. again like <laughs> you'll you'll do it because cuz uh, cuz you, you like, like it. it yeah and and you know and you like it because I says you like mm-hmm. it it's so iconic uh it's a it's a really really great piece of dialogue and it really shows the dynamic between the two characters yeah and this kind of old head new head kind of mm-hmm. kind of um you know mentality um and i don't know it's just a great little speech that uh again not like the craziest most loud big one you know it's kind of it's kind of right in the middle of the movie and and kind of you might forget about it after it's done but Mm. it's one that's always stuck with me every time i've seen the film
0: i'm petitioning for that movie to be a christmas movie by the way
1: why i think it could be in what way christmas beards they got a beard like santa yeah why not that's the only thing? That's, that's literally the only <laughs> yeah, thing just, you have? I'm
0: just trying There's to like...
1: No <laughs>
0: There's no snow. There's <laughs> no well, water. There's no reindeer. We're, rain? No. no. <laughs> the seagulls? Oh my God. I'm is, trying. This is ridiculous. There's not enough good Christmas Maybe, maybe movies. the sweaters? But yeah, the sweaters. <laughs> you, see, the sweaters. you're on board. You maybe got maybe it sweaters, now.
1: but that's the only thing.
0: Yeah, it's going to work. Anyways, um, now we're getting to like peak goosebump level for me.
1: This is, is this your last pick?
0: Or I got one, two more. You got two more? I got two more and I got one honorable mention. I got one more after this. So this Next. is my... These, 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 all right. Okay. All yeah. right. I got it. So I'm on board. I know where we are. Yeah. Next one for me. Um, Stacker Pentecost speech in Pacific Rim. Possib- don't remember it at all. Really? I mean, I dude, I saw Pacific Rim... When, when we did it like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it. Uh, So this is the one where Idris Elba's character like comes out and he's like, oh, I'm going to pilot one of the Jaegers again. And he makes this speech of, like, everybody gather around and, like, we, we are going to face the monsters that are at our door. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. Mm. That's the line right there that I was, pretty badass. Like, I was like, my God. And it's Idris Elba. Yeah. it's just Also so, has
1: a really great voice.
0: Yes. And then it's just like that two-minute monologue of, like, him just saying, like, you know, together we can do this. Together we can face these creatures. And together we can, like, destroy them and go back to what we used to know. And I just really like that speech. Plus, Idris Elba. Plus, he. I. I want him to be the front runner for the new James Bond. Mm. Side note: I heard today, as of this recording, Aaron Taylor Johnson is also a front runner for the new James Bond. No, I know.
1: I don't want a young guy. I want an old. Yeah, you want battered, like kind of like, which I guess we already got with uh, what's his name, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig, but I don't know. Mm. Just give me.
0: Give me Idris Elba. Yeah. I want Idris Elba. (laughs) Yeah. That's my pick.
1: Okay. My last pick. Mm -hmm. My last pick is the entire film Mm -hmm. um, because I've I've spoken about this movie before on the podcast.
0: The Raid 2. No. (laughs)
1: Um, And I've... This movie really has... Like, I've just... I've really been like sitting with this movie for a long time and I've rewatched it because it's not a long watch. I think it's actually under an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, Martin Scorsese's American Boy, a portrait of Steve Prince, Mm. I think is his last name. Yeah. Stephen Prince. (sighs) I think you talked about that on Raging Bull, right? I did because I I recommended it because it's not like a full length movie. Um, again, it's, I think it's, I think it's like 50 something minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's not really in that feature length film and it's kind of a documentary. I did find out that they are real stories. Mm. They are, it is really Stephen Prince's stories. Um, so it's, I think it's kind of like a, it's more documentary than I thought it was. I thought it was like, when I first saw it, I thought it was filmed to look like a documentary kind of, but like they kind of had all of these stories written out. Mm Mm-hmm. But it seems like for the most part, they were authentic stories. and maybe they kind of knew like what stories we wanted him they, what, what he wanted to say. Anyway, Stephen Prince is like a fucking ace storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like he's so good at telling stories. Every story I'm just completely captivated by. like I'm hanging on every word that mm-hmm. he's saying. If I had to choose one, <laughs> um, and again, you haven't seen it, so yeah. I, I won't ruin it for you, but all I'm gonna say is if you've seen the film, the gas station story to me is one of the most captivating, insane st- stories. Just period, um, and it's real. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, I-, I said to you when when we did *Raging Bull*, how Tarantino stole the, one of the stories with um, the what is it called the um, the adrenaline shot yes. to the chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and he puts that in Pulp Fiction. Mm. That's a Stephen Prince story gotcha. about something that happened to him in his life. Okay. Uh, the whole movie, literally, like every story I could put on here uh, as as their own individual thing, and there and there's a reason for each one of them. They're all so good. Um, he's just a really good storyteller. He's really captivating, um, and I want to do it on the podcast. Okay. Maybe we'll do it. It's a short watch, so mm-hmm. it's not nearly as as intense. But. Um,
0: yeah, I always kind of want to do like like short films, but in my mind, I'm like, we should do like three short films if they're like <laughs> like yeah. fifteen minutes long, yeah, yeah. Of the, Unless like there's a lot of stuff to talk about with it,
1: right? Uh, that's that's not a bad idea. Mm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I love I love that movie. I think it's great. It's uh, really cool to see Scorsese like super young and just like hanging out with his friends. And I don't know, it's just it's a really really good movie uh, and and some really intense and incredible stories. Nice. So that's my final pick
0: cool my final pick is rorschach's monologue from watchmen which one rorschach's a few the the whores and politicians one okay the the beginning one where it's like he's investigating like what happened to the comedian and like he's going on this big monologue about like how the streets are worse than ever and like like there's filth and crime among politicians and like He goes on to say the line of, like, all the whores and politicians will look up and scream, help us, and I'll whisper no. Yeah. It's, like, peak Goosebump level (laughs) man. Like, it just, it gets me every single time. Like, I mean, Rorschach's entire, like, journal monologues are, like, always great in that film. Um, I think that was, like, one of the more things that you liked the most about Watchmen when we did it. Yeah. Was just Rorschach in general. Rorschach
1: is one of the highlights in the movie, for sure.
0: Rorschach, comedian, and then... Zack Snyder actually getting like the style right of the film <laughs> um so that was like my last one I've talked about it a lot I like that one a lot the only honorable mention that I have is uh you probably never saw it it the, the really kind of shitty street fighter live action movie there's like a scene where it's like Chung Lee is like held captive by M Bison and she goes on like it, it's that's the problem is like it's more of her monologue about like you know how he invaded the village and like killed his parent or killed her parents and like you know took over everything and then he just comes back with sorry i don't remember the day that the great m bison graced your presence was the most magical time of your life and for me it was a tuesday mm. and i was like that's that's like if it like way back when we did like our favorite lines in film like that would have been it yeah but that's not a monologue really. right that's yeah. that's more of like a quick comeback to like a big monologue
1: yeah my my one will mention and i actually brought this up uh, a few episodes ago but one of my favorites is the 300 speech yes. where he's like give them nothing yeah. and take from them everything <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's talking to his men and uh, it's so good i mean the whole fucking movie is i love 300 yeah um we should do that eventually we will uh, but it's a great it's a great speech to to kind of like you want to talk about testosterone pumping mm-hmm. like that yeah. uh, <laughs> you watch that and then you watch the, the Northman North North back to North back, back. Cool. <laughs> you know what
0: you can you automatically you can lift three hundred pounds you don't even need to go to the gym <laughs> <laughs> just bench press four eighty yeah um, okay cool and that's it there you go monologues everybody um, recommendation mm-hmm. first uh, music recommendation this year of the year of the year uh, have you ever heard of Franz Ferdinand yes of course I like recently got like really into franz ferdinand yeah their self titles um, is really good yeah and and the reason why is that in the last episode for mine um when i recommended cyberpunk edge runner the theme song is this fire by oh, okay, franz ferdinand cool. yeah yeah yeah. so that's where I, like it started where it's like man i'm really digging like this theme song and then i started looking into it and it's like franz ferdinand the band and i was like oh my god they have like so much stuff to them yeah like they started out in 2002 their scottish band um weirdly enough none of them are named franz ferdinand
1: no i think actually i think recently the lead singer just died oh really like, within the past like six months or so i think
0: because i think the latest album they put out was like 2018
1: yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that that was that, that was the yeah the lead singer that died mm. pretty recently
0: because i um I messed up a little bit. I started like listening to them on Spotify, but like I went I scrolled too far down and I've been listening to all their singles by accident where it's like three songs. I'm like, "Man, they really didn't like put out a lot of these albums." Oh. And then yeah. I scrolled back up and was like, "Oh fuck me. I fucking I've just been listening to the singles <laughs> this whole time." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I basically listened to like half their stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm in the constant thing of like just listening to everything that they have at the moment. Um and I really like their sound. Like they're a very cool like, the lead singer's got a
1: really cool voice yeah
0: but like over like the bass and the drums added in they got like this and yeah the, the lead singer's voice they got like this really cool kind of like talking heads meets like white stripe sound mm. which I'm really into yeah so Franz Ferdinand everyone
1: cool Zach what movie
0: are we doing next I'll talk to you about it <laughs> I think it's I, I I think it's podcast worthy I hope you'll like it we're doing DreamWorks Prince of Egypt <laughs> oh no i think <laughs> i don't want do i think that. you'll appreciate this film okay okay i think you'll appreciate it all right we're two catholic boys we 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 <laughs> we, we know the story of moses
1: okay here we go <laughs> so we're gonna do what is it called the prince of egypt yes all it's right on hbo max okay Look forward to that, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Zach, take us out.
0: All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.